Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 11. And hockey is back, and it's officially Miller time. Andy, how are you doing? I uh, I don't know how to feel, man. Hockey is, we're recording this uh, on a Tuesday afternoon. There's NHL hockey on Wednesday, tomorrow, and then if you're listening to this on Thursday, the Rangers play at night, and... Yeah, but just between all the, we finally got a, a glimpse of how camp is shaked out and what the opening night roster probably most likely will look like. And yeah, I just kind of, it's weird. It's as I was getting so excited and it kind of felt a little surreal and it still kind of does, but it's just very strange knowing that hockey is uh, back to, you know, to, for us tomorrow as we record this and for you listening on Thursday tonight, you know, so uh yeah it's i don't know it's gonna be weird you know i've watched some nick games to see what it's kind of like the the atmosphere with no fans and i don't know how that's going to compare to the rangers playing but uh yeah we've had some some nice surprises at a camp we've also had some you know maybe unfortunately some guys we thought might fight for spots haven't made it but i'm sure we'll get into it but uh i'm just i'm excited there's no other way to really describe it yeah, and you know, Vince put up a nice little article on Lohud basically projecting the opening night lineup and I have to say, it I'm very excited, I'm very optimistic about this group. Uh obviously the big shocker uh to the entire lineup was Keandre Miller securing a spot on the second pair with Jacob Truba, but that's just like more good news. That just goes to show our depth. That just, you know, goes to show what um, you know, what kind of, you know, people we're drafting, what kind of kids, the character of them, you know, coming into camp in such an odd year and being so prepared to be able to play at this level. It just goes to show you, you know, the character of Kay Andre, uh, you know, his ability. And, you know, I think looking back at all the times we spoke about Kay Andre, you kind of harped on he's going to have growing pains. I don't know if he could skate at this level. He's going to have to work on, you know, his mobility and, you know, just a different game at the NHL level. And for the coaching staff to be so high on him and for him to say that he's never been so prepared to play hockey. And, you know, it's just it's just an unbelievable feeling as a fan to see, you know, this kind of response 
uh, over one of our first round draft picks in the era of a rebuild. I don't know how you feel about that, but I mean, it's just unbelievable. Oh, I feel exactly the same way. And you know, listen, that's not to say he could he plays opening night and then after a few games he either gets sat for someone else on the taxi squad or eventually even sent to the AHL. But you know, I think it's a comp. Listen, he deserves all the credit in the world. Uh, he it was clear with you know him leaving. Uh, you know for you know uh, <laughs> for. Excuse me, I have something in my throat. Forfeiting that final year at Wisconsin uh, and coming over, you know, to signing his pro contract. And just he's been working. He's had him and Alexi Lafreniere. They've had no, nothing but time to train. You know, he's been in New York longer than Lafreniere has. Uh, he's been I think he spent the whole he was with the Rangers in the bubble. And I just don't think he went home. You know what I mean? He signed his pro contract. So I think from right around the time the pandemic started, he's been in New York right after his season was over. Signed his pro contract. Um and yeah, he's just clearly he's been working and he's been said he watched a lot of film, which is good because, uh, you know, especially I think with Kay Andre, you know, his specialty is definitely being with using his his skating and his ranginess to break up plays as they come into his own zone. You know, he's I think Quinn called him a praying mantis yeah. <laughs> in his Zoom call, which is accurate because, like you said, it's so hard to get around a guy who can that big but can move like that laterally and then just such a long reach with a poke check. And I think that's what, honestly, why playing with him with Truba, their success, you have two guys that are both kind of big and lanky and rangy, and they cover a lot of ice together. So, you know, I, I think my worries for Keandre are more once he's set up in his own end, like his decision-making over pressuring pucks, over committing, not taking away the back door. But, you know, that, that's stuff that takes time. But the fact that he's even made a case to that they're going to start him, you know, especially in a season where you can't afford to get off to a, a slow start that says, you know, it speaks volumes. He essentially beat out a few guys, whether it's uh Libor Hayek, who, you know, the Rangers were hoping would probably could at least make a dent reunion in uh, Biteto. Like he's just, he's pushed and he, you know, rightfully so. It looks like he's got the confidence of the coach and the coaching staff and he deserves all the credit in the world for that. And, you know, he was also very complimentary of Truba. It's been a short while, but he says he can, you know, he's another guy. He's also big. He can kind of give him the ins and outs of like angling and using his body. And yeah, he's, they're not exactly, you know, uh, cookie cutter versions of each other. I think Truba, if anything, plays more like a Braden Schneider. But at the same time, they're both kind of taller guys with longer sticks and who can use uh, their physicality to angle and push rub guys off and break up plays as they come in. So yeah, we hope this plays uh, pays dividends for the Rangers, especially with bringing in Jacques Martin, because, you know, if if they're still going to roll that fourth pairing of, uh, or excuse me, the third pairing, Tony's going to have to go from babysitting Mark Stahl to babysitting uh, Jack Johnson. Uh, yeah, they're going to, hopefully, you need some stability there. So hopefully Miller is an upgrade from like a Brendan Smith, you know, uh, yeah. pairing with Truba. And like I said, if, if those two can be a good, you know, shut down, especially in transition pair, that would be excellent for the Rangers because it just makes everything else easier for them. Yeah, I, I feel bad for Tony. I mean, not in the sense that he has to now play third pair mi minutes or anything like that. It's just that, you know, his role as babysitter really hasn't gone away. But you know what? He had a lot of success last year. And, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully he brings that offensive threat to the third pairing where, you know, if it's a matchup game that the opponent wants to play, well, guess what? You're going to still have to deal with Tony streaking up and down the ice and trying to create, you know, that offensive, uh, you know, those offensive opportunities. But, uh, 
you know, Jack Johnson, I'm very curious to see, uh, you know, what he brings to this lineup. I mean, third pairing, left defense, Jack Johnson. If you told me this a year ago, I guess it's an upgrade from from uh, uh, Mark Stahl. But Jesus, uh, there's no way Brennan Smith is worse than Jack Johnson on the left side. Am I crazy? No, you're not. And listen, we haven't heard anything. We don't know. Like he could come out and it could be a case where here's a guy who's like clearly the no one's under any illusions anymore about what he is for what he was signed for. Maybe he gets limited usage, you know, maybe because they try to a to help, uh, you know, uh, play to Tony's strengths and mitigate Jack Johnson's shortcomings. They they get a lot of more of the offensive starts where Andre and Truba and Fox and Lindgren maybe get the hot, you know, the defensive zone starts. But yeah, who knows? Maybe he can have just have a little back bit of a serviceable bounce back. But, you know, it's just much has been made. But we haven't really heard much about camp. Not that they'd say like, oh, Jack Johnson looks bad in camp. You're never going to hear that. But no, no, no. And yeah, I would yeah. imagine that the bottom, the our bottom four defensemen are kind of going to be rotating uh, only because Andre like, listen, I love everything I hear, and you saw me open up this podcast, you know, praising him. But at the same time, I told you that there's going to be growing pains. Once you're in the midst of the grind of a regular season, things change. Your body breaks down. He'll be battling injuries. He'll probably, you know, battle, you know, a sickness. The flu always goes around every NHL season. Um, you know, it, it's just going to there. Once he has to deal with a little bit of adversity, things change. You know, you get mentally in your head if you don't, if you have a couple, you know, bad games in a row. He's going to have to probably sit, you know, and, and these are all things to be expected. So I would imagine, you know, Tony will either jump up or, you know, Brendan Smith will jump up. So I, I'm not I'm not obviously, you know, saying, you know, K. Andre, this is short lived, but, you know, expect to see changes up and down yeah. that lineup, you know, and that go even goes for our top pairing. You know, I can see them taking Lindgren off, you know, if, if you know, him and Fox are struggling, it, you know, everyone. <laughs> Everyone's held to the same standard, I'm hoping. So, uh, you know, you'll see a probably rotation there. Um, also, Taxi Squad, I guess it's looking like Morgan Barron and Colin Blackwell. Uh, defensemen Anthony Potato and Lieber Hayek and our goalie Keith Kincaid, which is not a shocker. Uh, were you shocked by that, especially in the, more in the forwards? I think that defense, yeah. we pretty the, much could have predicted The only that. one I thought really could push was Barron. Much was made about his versatility in that they could either play him at center on the fourth line or wing or either wing. And yeah, it's just Quinn. Quinn's comments were that he noticed he looked nervous, but listen, he's going to most likely be on the taxi squad and you wouldn't be surprised if he played a game. So, you know, I'm not shocked that that happens. Like he said, he, he just sensed he was a guy who was he came in and he was playing like he didn't want to make a mistake again. You know, we didn't have much to, footage to go off of a game to see like how his reads were or if he was ineffective or whatever. But um, yeah, listen, Quinn is a big effort guy. And if you're a type, you know, much as was made about Leah Sanderson trying to like survey and not make mistakes and just try to stay positioned, but not making much happen because of that or being a step behind the play. And if Baron was doing that instead of just, you know, pushing, even making mistakes or getting out of position, but also trying to like, you know, be quick on pucks and, you know, all the other stuff and be, have a good first step, then yeah, that's probably what happens. But I assume we'll see him at some point because we're going to have injuries, you know, especially I think on, uh, if the, you know, the way they, that fourth line is looking, I think, you know, those guys especially are going to try to get, be a jump line and 
I'm sure we'll see him at some point, but yeah. And I don't even want to say disappointment. It's just like, yeah, it is what it is. You know, I think the fact that Kay Andre is in this, it's kind of like everything you feel kind of feels wrong to complain after that. Cause I didn't even think that was going to happen, you know? Uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, another thing we're not really with taxi squad is that it looks like they're going to probably keep uh, Matthew Robertson with them until his WHL season starts. Which who knows? Maybe you know. Maybe he sees a game. I don't know. It, it's possible, but um, yeah. I just think with the circumstance of this season and the fact that the Rangers, even though it's like they want to make a good push, I don't think they're under any illusions that they are a favorite or that they have to like that. It's not. It doesn't feel like it's a dwindling chance if every if they don't you know if they don't win the cup this year. So yeah, I just think with everything that's been going on, it's kind of allowed them to maybe take a little bit more risks and chances and you know get a closer. Uh, tabs on how their prospects are doing so yeah this is the this is the time you know so we're gonna see it with k andre i'm sure we'll see it with baron and hell we might even see it with robertson at some point yeah and uh you know I'm, I'm just looking at our lineup right now with the fourth line finally looks like it's solidified uh with brendan Lemieux on the left brett howden at center uh phil di giuseppe at the at the right side Sorry, excuse me. I'm like battling. I'm still battling COVID, so it's uh, <laughs> it's a rough. I'm like a lot of saliva right now in my mouth. That's kind of gross, but that's the truth. You know, not many teams can say they have a first line center centering their fourth line. Uh, we're lucky to have Brett Howden. Uh, I just want to thank Quinn for you know putting them on the fourth line to kind of help you know balance things out. You can't throw them on the first line and be top heavy. That's for sure. So, uh, Mika having COVID which is why, you know, he was late to training camp and he was kind of a question mark for Thursday against the Islanders. Do, do you, are you a little concerned about that? No, I mean, I'm happy it's that, not an injury. I mean, obviously I am concerned about the lingering effects, but he's been on the ice. Uh, he says he feels good. So, I mean, he that's, it might be a thing where he feels good until he realizes he isn't. But, um, you know, I think just with the nature of it, I'm glad it was not like he was coming off of a tweak or something, which could get re aggravated, you know, especially with him and some of the weird freak injuries he had between concussions and other things. So obviously I I never want to say I'm thankful someone got COVID, but at the same time, it's like, I don't just in terms of I'm glad he's feeling better. I don't. And, uh, you know, I can just take him at his word and he's there. He, he took the amount of time and it sounded like it was even one of those things where, cause like he was skating, before practices and stuff so it looks like he was close and they were just waiting for that final clear and you know so it wasn't a thing where he was full on it looks like it was like he had was coming off of it from after either coming over you know or just self-quarantining or whatever so um not too concerned happy he's back you know my concern was he was going to miss all of training camp and you know he uh he only got you know maybe he he made it for the last four days it's going to look like but yeah he got some time practicing on that top line with Kreider and Butch and yeah, that's important. So uh, happy he's back and, you know, happy it wasn't like, a, at least for the time being, it doesn't seem to be something that's like a, a an injury with more long term ramifications. But we just obviously you hope that he doesn't uh, experience any like lethargy or lingering effects from it. Yeah, the only thing that really concerns me is I see a lot of Henry, uh, Henrik Lundqvist in Mika, whereas he really enjoys his off ice life. Uh, I know he's like a DJ and he's really into music and that's great and everything. But, uh, you know, I, I'm very curious to see 
what kind of shape he's in for the first, especially the first couple weeks here, because Mika really relies on his explosiveness and speed and, and energy out there. And I'm not questioning it, but I'm also questioning it at the same time because uh, it's it's concerning that he didn't get a full training camp. And I know he was skating on his own and training on his own, but sometimes I don't know. I feel like after the year he had, it would be easy to kind of say, well, you know, no one's really going to take my spot on this team. I'm basically, you know, the captain without the C, you know, if I have a down year, we can blame it on, you know, you know, this, this factor, this factor, COVID, you know, the shortened season, you know, I don't know. It's very little concerning because I see a little bit of Hank within Mika. So uh, I'm very curious to see how he does in the first couple of weeks and if he's actually in hockey shape. Yeah. But, I mean, like, uh, yeah, like you said, is that I think, you know, luckily, I think till this point, he is a guy that even even when he would get injured, he'd come back. And I don't remember since honestly, since we've signed Mika, like he's had a steady ascent every year and he even when he gets hurt he just start, it's not like he I, I can't really remember too many spells where he was cold for a while you know what i mean even if he wasn't scoring goals it's really he, just the injury yeah it's just injury and then he comes yeah. back and, and he's kind of right back at it he's not going to be as torrid of a goal scorer as he was last year just not going to happen but at the same time like he still could be a 30 plus goal guy and you know it's a short and it's a short season so i think at least 30 goals is or around right around yeah there, that'll be like is is yeah it might be lofty but i think he i think i still think he can do it and listen uh if booch takes yet another step forward you know everyone's quinn has been effusive with his praise for him and is, the beat writers have been all saying like yeah but he, he's you know vocal he's yelling the guys he looks comfortable he's uh you know you know he's it's a long way from captain happy they just say he's feeling it like he's just making stuff done and we've seen him kind of and it's funny because it's like when I think about bringing Quinn in as a you know developmental coach, it's like you know you don't. It's hard to to point at a guy and be like, all right, like this is like the tangible results of what Quinn was brought on to do. But Butch is the one guy where I really you see the fact that he he leans on him, he's hard on him, but it it's worked. He's looked he gets better every year. He gets more physical every year, but he also in a way that it lends to his skill and that he can turn, he can, you know, on a, on a switch of a dime. Cause you know, he's a guy, he, you know, he's not the biggest guy, but he's tall and he's, you know, just under 200 pounds. So he can lay a hit and then he can find guys. Cause he's a good, yeah, he's got good vision and he's a good, he's got skill to go with uh, some of the grit. And, you know, obviously you see him like given the, guys you know forearm shivers and cross checks in the back and you know especially specifically brad marchand in the in the crease you know which i think if he if that's all he did in his rangers tenure i think he'd be seen as a folk hero but um yeah i mean if he takes another step forward and could take some of the because you know Kreider drives play but he's not you know he's just he is what he is he's not a a goal scorer he's a he's a Kreider is a you know he's usually like a 50 point he's a 25 20 guy you know that's like close to that or 25, 25 type guy. So if he can, yeah, if he can do more of the heavy lifting on that line, Butch, and just to maybe compensate for Mika coming, you know, his shooting percentage coming back down to earth a little bit, then yeah, no worries there. And he's just, uh, the Rangers all of a sudden, especially if Heedle, you know, having Lafreniere there benefits and Gautier finally is like, all right, I'm not seen as like 
uh, just a, you know, he's a guy who Gauthier is a guy who didn't get a lot of minutes last year. He got plugged in various places, but he didn't play, you know, a lot. he didn't really. And I, I liked the times what I saw it was just limited usage. So, yeah, I just think you have three lines with a lot to like, you know, especially with not really knowing, you know, for matchup wise teams to know, like, do you game plan for the usually a game plan for Panarin, but you have to watch that Zamajad Kreider Buchnevich line. And yeah, it just helps all involved. So, and hell, we're not even talking about Kako yet. And that's the, the, the best thing about, you know, not having hockey for so long is that just seeing the fruits of what the Rangers have done the last few seasons, feeling like it's all coming to fruition. And it's almost like they're having to make hard choices. And, you know, it's just, it's a great position to have where you have, you know, every year it's like the past three seasons, it's just new rookies. So you like hockey? Congratulations. You're amongst the smartest sports fans in the world. Want to fight about it? Join me, the hockey troll, and that snack Polly Cupcakes every Monday and Thursday on the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL, your Washington Capitals. Not only do we bring you the best Washington Capitals coverage, but we've got the hottest takes and the tastiest content. Tune in wherever you get your podcast and at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Chirp us on all social media platforms at Caps Chirp. See you beauties and vendors there. And Andy, the last question I have, you know, basically about this lineup and especially more about Mika is that I see Mika getting the attention that I always wanted for him as a first line center. And he's getting the credit as an elite first line center. Are you scared that now that he's getting recognized that his production will go down and he could possibly turn into not a pumpkin, but more of a you know, more of a mediocre middle of the pack center, first line center in this league. Well, listen, uh, I'll say this. I love Mika. He's gotten better every year. And I think his true value is of a goal scorer. That being said, like much has been made of his improved defensive game. Unfortunately, the, the numbers underlying numbers don't really bear that out for him. You know, he's just a guy who's can drive offense and has good micro stats for offense and can, yeah, and can score goals. But uh, at the same time, it's like, if, if I'm really pressed and if, you know, and if you ask me where Mika was in terms of the hierarchy of centers and num- number one centers in the league, I'd say he's probably around the middle. You know, I think the good, the beauty is that since he has that goal scoring ability, um, it, you know, kind of puts him into, you know, a rarefied air or an upper echelon of those players. You know what I'm saying? So, but the problem is he has to be doing it because if he's not scoring goals, you know, and we haven't really have experienced that yet, luckily, you know, because if he remains a, if he can just remain a 70 point guy who can score 30 plus goals a season, you know, and have like, if he can be like a, if he can be a 30, 40 guy for at least for the next couple of years, or even hell, even a 30, 35 guy, like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to complain too hard, especially because the Rangers are going to have a lot of, uh, they have a lot of offense spread out through their roster, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've, with Mika, you know, because it's been an ascent, there has always been a part of me that's like, well, if he, has, you know, if he takes one step back, or at least if it's like he just stops progressing, like our, yeah, I don't know. It's like how how will fans feel about that, and you know, how will he be viewed around the league, or and how will teams game plan for that, or you know, but uh, yeah, it's just he's clear, you know, in the last two seasons, it, it finally clicked for him, 
and he was just has confidence and he always makes stuff happen. He's a guy that, you know, you don't miss him on the ice just because he's rangy and he, you can see the skill and he's got great style. He's got the great, you know, the, t- the hair and the tucked, uh, the tucked in Jersey and the long stick and yeah, he's money on breakaways. So it's just, yeah, listen, he, he gra- he's an attention grabber for sure. And even if, you know, he doesn't score at the crazy pace or his shooting percentages, it wasn't at the, the high, you know, percentage it was, uh, last season, you know, if he can still be look every bit like a 30 goal scorer, like I think it, you know, I don't think he's in, in danger of being viewed any uh, lower. I just, you know, I think this is, we're kind of seeing what he is, is that he's like a number one center who leans more towards a goal scoring. Uh, but he's a 70 point, you know, hopefully he's a 70 point guy as it's been bared out. And uh, yeah, you know, it's uh he's not, He's, you know, he's not maybe a top 10 center in this league, but he's kind of, you know, if he, if his goal scoring remains robust, he'll be kind of around there or just hovering right around there. Yeah. And, you know, obviously everyone saw last year after the all-star break, what he kind of turned into and it was unbelievable and actually probably put him at the number one center spot in the entire league with his goal production. I mean, that was un that was unreal. I mean, he, he basically shot himself up into the category of, you know, winning the Rocket Richard, uh, you know, the, having the most goals in the league. And if the if the season finished, it would have been very interesting because he would have been right there. And his, you know, goals per game were number one. So, you know, it, it's it's amazing to see what this, you know, kid can do when he's on his game. But I'm just, I hope that we, we see the Mika Zibanejad that we saw kind of at the tail end of last year not the bubble, the tail end of last year, uh, you know, uh, maybe not the production of goals that you see that you saw, but you know, basically how he drove that line, drove that offense and basically drove our team to, uh, you know, a playoff spot, you know, right there, you know, fighting for one. But, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much, you know, I feel really good going into the season right now. I really like our lineup. I like our, you know, defense core right now. Uh, curious to see, you know, the growing pains that we'll experience and who I'm going to rip apart and who I'm going to praise throughout the season. But, you know, Andy, I'm very excited. And uh, I, I do think, though, we should explore a little bit around the league and just, you know, give people an idea of where we think other teams stand amongst their division. Uh, yeah, works for me. All right, so I guess we might as well start. Let's start with the Central Division. Uh, this one kind of, to me, is a pretty balanced division, especially now the Lightning uh, don't have Kucherov for a little bit. Uh, so why don't you start and just give us, you know, your playoff teams and the rundown of what you think the Central Division will shake out. Yeah, so I mean, it's, you know, for you, the Blackhawks and the Red Wings are the obvious bottom feeders in that division. Uh, obviously the middle is pretty interesting, you know, and then you could maybe argue, uh, you know, the Panthers were pegged to take a, a, you know, they made it to the, the postseason last, you know, they made it to the bubble, but they just looked really flat and they had high expectations last year. And you don't, yeah, you just don't know if it's one of those things where it's like, it seems and from the little I've read of what's going on in their camp, like at one point there was something where they were putting Yandel on like with with the with the the taxi squad guys i don't know if that was like a wake-up call thing like i don't know what's going on but uh you know i mean you, you look on paper the panthers have a lot of talent you know it's just the problem is can bobrovsky rebound after you know because he hasn't been good since uh yes yeah, it's moving to south florida but 
listen, the Hurricanes are going to take another step forward. Uh, they're definitely in the hunt. They, I would honestly, I think, if uh, they, I think they could very well win that division. The Hurricanes, um, you know, especially with the Lightning without Kucherov, and there might be a Cup hangover, and it's just, yeah, as you know, it's hard to repeat. So um, they could very well win that division. The Hurricanes. Uh, the Predators are kind of still an unknown for me because they're they've kind of taken over as the the Minnesota like they're always there, but that they never yeah. they you know they make it they maybe get at make it past one round and then they just kind of fizzle out. Um, yeah, I haven't really kept tabs too much on the moves they made this in the off season, but um, you know I just yeah I don't know like I that's how I feel about them. Dallas after going all the way, that's an old lineup, man. I you know and it's. Uh, they obviously they have some good, they do have some good younger guys in their bottom six. Like they have some underrated depth, and their defense is very good. You know, I think Haskinen is one of the best. You know, probably the one of the more unheralded defensemen in the league. You know, he's amazing. I he I just love how he plays. You can play him. He can eat minutes. He's good in every situation. And yeah, I think they'll be good. Uh, but like I said, it's like it's for the last few seasons. It's been like whatever coach ownership is just to get it's always like they've had to kind of like yeah they've had to like badger ben and sagan in the press to get them going sometimes and and that's not i don't know if that's necessarily their fault because sometimes it's just been you know tyler sagan's uh shooting percentage or expected goals hasn't like matched up and you know listen jamie ben's older now and he's the captain and he looked good for them and and you know he was trying it's just i don't it's one of those things where there's like it wasn't translating to goals you know but um yeah i mean the the central division is you have your i think you have your your two clear top teams in the lightnings and the hurricanes you know and then may some but that middle of the the ja- the blue jackets uh the stars and the predators and then obviously your your two bottom feeders and the blackhawks which are you know without taze now and they're clearly rebuilding and uh yeah and uh, the red wings same same deal <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, that's and that's the thing is that, the, you know, the Rangers don't have the benefit of a team, you know, because even I, I'd say the Devils are better than the Blackhawks and they're better than the Red Wings. So it's like they don't the Rangers don't have the benefit of some of those other divisions where there's just that one clear team that is like trying to refix, you know, retool or fix things. And other teams can just kind of pick up some points off of them. So, yeah. Yeah, no, with the uh, Blackhawks are going to be interesting this year. No Kirby Doc, no Taze to start the season. You know, th- they're going to be hurting to find goals, and I don't think Patrick Kane can bear the load anymore for that team. Uh, yeah, they're going to be a bottom feeder. The Red Wings just got Mark Stahl over the offseason. They're going to be at the bottom of the standings. Uh, I don't believe in the Predators. They're, to me, the Predators are the Pittsburgh Penguins of the Central Division. I just think, you know, they have potential to kind of hover around that spot, but I think just they're too old and uh, I don't know. They're just, you know, they're, they'll, they'll just be there. You know, I, I think they'll play 500 hockey. They'll win a couple games that are impressive and they'll lose some games that you shake your head at. So uh, the Panthers to me are the Buffalo Sabres. I think on paper, yeah, they should be there, but there's just something about the Florida Panthers that they just can't figure it out. So season after season, you see them hovering around the playoff spot and they kind of find themselves out of it at the end of the day. Uh, this division belongs to the Hurricanes. I think uh, the Lightning might take a step back. So I think you'll see Hurricanes 1, Lightning 2, uh, Stars will be 3, 
or four. I think they'll be fighting with the pesky Blue Jackets for the third and fourth spot. And I think the other teams will kind of just play themselves out of it. I think the Predators will be the first team out. And then the rest will kind of just fall into place, I guess, Panthers, Blackhawks, Red Wings. So that's how I think the Central Division is going to shake out. I do think this is a pretty weak division, especially now you don't have Kucherov with with the Lightning. Uh, Blackhawks become a real bottom feeder without Doc and Taze. I just don't believe in that team. Uh, Yeah, so that's pretty much it for the Central Division. Uh, I don't think this division wins the Stanley Cup, though. I mean, if I had to put money on a team, I would only really be comfortable putting it on uh, the Hurricanes. Right. And that's really it, uh, because A, you know, Tampa does have the talent, you know, especially if they can make it, you know, uh, wait till Kucherov's healthy. If he, you know, if they can get in and he comes back, then that's a huge. Yeah. If Stamkos yeah, is health, healthy all season, they still have Braden Point. They still have an embarrassment of riches, that team. But like you said, it's hard to win back-to-back Stanley Cups, you know, yeah. you the, the cup hangover. And the, yeah, it's just the. I think no what helps what, them is that they stick to this division. Even yeah. in, even in the, you know, they'll have to win the division to get out of it. So that only helps them. No, that's very true. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, like I said, it's just, you know, luckily, like you, luckily for them is that there are some clear teams that even if they're without, you don't need Kucherov, those teams can, should still be able to wipe the floor, uh, with the Red Wings, you know, the Hawks and, uh, you know, potentially, you know, even the Panthers or the, the Predators, you know. Blue Jackets, different story. You brought them to the limit. They play hard, you know. And that's the other thing. The Blue Jackets, we we tried to peg them out. And every, you know, torts, say what you want. And, you know, maybe they don't have they don't have the offensive horses they'd like. But, and every, you know, now that PLD wants out. Uh, but, that, listen, torts has them compete. And they play a brand of hockey that makes them competitive. So, much kind of like the Islanders. But, you know, they're a little bit younger. And, uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, I think they could surprise, especially, like you said, any team that I, that's a division where, any of the top three or four teams I mentioned, like, yeah, I just think it's one of those things that if maybe if they were in another division, they wouldn't, you know, they might not necessarily be in that spot, but uh, yeah, at least in terms of the Predators and the Jackets, you know, they, like I said, they're the benefit, they're, they're, they have that benefit of uh, being able to pick off some, maybe some teams that are retooling. Yeah, there, there's not a question to me that the Blue Jackets aren't going to consistently beat the Predators, the Red Wings, the Blackhawks. I can see them splitting with the stars. They're going to be a pesty. Uh, they're going to be a pain in the ass to play against. They're all, they always are, and they always find them. That's why looking at this division, I think they're almost like a lock for a playoff spot because I think they'll beat the Predators. I really do, and that's who I think they'll be fighting for that finals playoff spot. Um, yeah. So all right, let's. Uh, you want to move to? Let's do the West Division because I. Good. All right. Uh, I'll start off a little bit here just to kind of give you a rundown of what I think of all the teams. Coyotes, God, no. Sharks, no. Ducks, no. Uh, Golden Knights are going to be fighting for a top spot with the Avalanche. The Wild, no. Kings, uh, not there yet, no. And Blues, I don't know what the peg of the Blues. I'm going to need you to kind of sway me because, you know, I just think the Blues are going to be taking a big step back this year for some reason, and I just I feel like this is this the all right. Let me collect my thoughts. <laughs> the Blues are playing in such an easy division, where I think you'll see them at the top of the standings, 
only because they are beating up on the bottom feeders. But if they had to consistently play the Avalanche and Golden Knights, like in a three-way division, in a three-team division, they'd be at the bottom, like no doubt. So Blues will be there only because how weak this division is. But I don't believe in them to do anything other than make the playoffs. They'll be ousted first round because they'll end up playing probably the Golden Knights or the Avalanche. So, um, yeah, I think this division is uh, pretty top-sided. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree with that. St. Louis is kind of that one team that I really do have a hard time pegging because they have, I lo- kind of like what they have on paper, mm-hmm. but listen, they're, you know, they Petran- they lose Petrangelo. They do get yeah. to- Tory Krug who can maybe help them with some offense from the back end, but yeah, I just worry about, you know, uh, outside of, you know, Pareko and, and uh, Scandella, like Justin Falk is, you know, Justin Falk and, uh, you know, I, Vince still Dunn is Jayden a promise. Schwartz. No, yeah, they still Jaden Schwartz. So, like, you know, I like I, if you look at their at least their their middle and bottom six, you have some good defensive players there. Uh, you know, Sunquist has always impressed me when I watch him. He competes hard. Uh, Tyler Bozak is still can do a little bit of everything, which is good. He's pretty well balanced. You know, Robert Thomas is really coming to his own, much like Philip Heedle. And yeah, like you said, they still have Jaden Schwartz, who sneaky underrated. And then you add a Mike Hoffman, who even though he's maybe you know, he listen. He can do damage on the on the power play, and he can be a thirty goal score for them. And obviously, that the uh, the top line of O'Reilly, Shen, and Perron is usually p- pretty good. You know, I just it's just one of those things where it's like they're going to be good. Is it good enough to make go on a, a real long run in that division? Maybe. You know, I I wouldn't. Be, it wouldn't surprise. I don't think they finish first in their division, but it wouldn't surprise me if I think they get in. I think, and I like you said, I think the Golden Knights and the and the Avalanche are going to be battling it out to to win that division, but there's you know there's leaves two spots and they can easily get in. And honestly, as far as, as far as that fourth team that gets in, I wouldn't be surprised if it was LA because listen, they were hard to play against last year. They're you know well coached by McClellan, you know they they don't have enough to win yet, but at the same time, it's like the Wild are kind of in a transition phase as they bring you know they bring in a new general manager in Bill Guerin and he's kind of changing things around. They lose Eric Stahl. Zuccarello fell off a cliff. Uh, they're trying to, you know, Kaprizov can score some goals for them, hopefully. But at the same time, it's just kind of, yeah, they're in a transition, you know. So, and it, you, you feel every bit of that. You don't know if Dumba's going to get traded eventually. Um, you know, the Sharks, uh, if they were already kind of pegged, and now we find out that it is, I don't know what, what to make of this. If it, you know, Vander Kane might, he might have to like get out of his contract or something because of you know the money troubles he's in right now with declaring bankruptcy. I don't know what to make of that, but it just that, you know, the Sharks are, it just seems like they're in disarray right now. But uh, yeah, and listen, the the Avalanche and the Golden Knights are clearly the two top teams in that division. Uh, the Ducks are, they're retooling and they have so clearly have a nice young pipeline coming, but at the same time, it's, it's not their time yet. They're still trying to uh, retool and figure it out. So yeah, I mean, listen, it's the Avalanche have that cup expectation attached to them now. They get even better in the offseason. Nathan McKinnon's kind of supplanted himself as, if not maybe one of the best players in the world for at least, you know, there for at least a few brief moments in the playoffs, he was the best player in the world. He was just dominant. And uh, yeah, that you bring in a guy like uh, Devon Tays, who was very good for the Islanders. I have no idea why they made that trade. It was so, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, is what it is. But um yeah, them and the Golden Knights are going to be battling it out. And, uh, you know, they just, McKinnon's going to 
poor McKinnon's going to just tune up the Coyotes every time he sees them. So, you know, I feel bad for the Coyotes having to, having, you know, having to play him so much in the state that they're in after what he did to them in the bubble. Oh man, it was brutal. So, yeah. 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 If I, all right. So I can give you the order of my playoff teams. I'm going avalanche one golden Knights, two blues, three. And I really, honestly, I don't know who gets that fourth spot. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to lean LA Kings only because you just mentioned them and, yeah. You know, I just don't believe in the Coyotes. How could you believe in the Sharks after last season? Um, and the, I don't see the Ducks making that jump into a, a consistent team where they're going to have to find ways to win. And I just, you're not going to make the playoffs beating the Sharks and Coyotes. You know, I, I, and I think the Kings will beat the Sharks, the Coyotes, the Ducks, and the Wild. I, 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 I can see that. So, yeah, Andy, I'm going, uh, I'm going with those four teams. Nice. All right, all right. All right, moving on to the North Division, uh, the Canadian Division. This one, oh, man, I, I love this division because I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I don't see a clear loser or a clear winner in this. You know, what are your overall thoughts just looking at all these teams? You know, I think I think for me, the Leafs are my number one team in that division, but it's it's not by a lot. It's still close. You know, Toronto's a team that they were one of those teams that they add, you know, they get Joe Thornton to play with. You know, it's like they kind of get the, the things you feel like you need to win a cup. But at the same time, on paper, you're like, are these players really better? You know, uh, j- listen, but at the same time, it's like it's, you know, they bring in Wayne Simmons. You know, they're trying to clearly after getting all the young talent, they're kind of now going to say, well, we need to be harder to play against. We need skill and we need will. We need more will. We have all the skill, but it hasn't done enough for us so you know i listen i think goaltending will be very important in that division not that's never important but especially where i I, there's not a clear separation between a lot of teams um and yeah i mean you're in a division where you play Connor mcdavid a bunch and i don't care how good you are or how suspect the oilers goaltending tandem might be um if all it takes is Connor mcdavid and and Leon Dreisaitl just to, you know, have a, have a on night and they'll, t- they'll tune you up to the tune of like four or five goals. You know what I mean? So, um, honestly, and as far as how that shakes out, I'd say the Maple Leafs first. Um, I think the Canadians will be good. They, you know, they've, they were, you know, they were kind of made some progress last season. They surprised people for, by getting in the bubble. Although it wasn't like, I think they made it by one more point than the Buffalo Sabres, but yeah, listen, they knocked off. Uh, they have some good, exciting young prospects coming in that first line, even though they're a team that they drive good results. They just have trouble scoring goals. But like when you're on the ice that they have the puck most of the time, um, then who knows all it takes is like a Suzuki taking the next step or, you know, they, they trade Max Domi to Columbus for um, uh, Josh Anderson. So who knows, maybe they got a little bit more size, a little bit harder to play against. But yeah, I could see the Canadians finishing second in that division. Um, the Flames, I think, you know, much has been made about like they do they have what it takes to get over the hump, but they're still a good team. They're still in the hunt. You know, it's a, you know, I really like a- Andrew Mangiapani. He's like a he should get some top six minutes for them. He's like a runs around and does everything you want. Uh, yeah, just causing havoc. And Lindholm is quite the player, man. I would really, I, he's a player I would really love to see in a Rangers uh, sweater one day. He just, he's another guy. He's just smart and just does what, you know, plays a subtle, but really effective game. And yeah, I think Goudreau and Monaghan have kind of had to answer 
so many of the uh well like are these we have to trade these guys because they're not getting it done for us like so yeah i think they should have a bit of a chip on their shoulder you know so i yeah it's kind of, this is a tough one to really peg because like you said i don't know if i see any clear bottom you know i think the only team the, the jets because of what they've kind of gone through with the amount of their defense has been bad and you know there's rumors line a wants out and will can hella buck play out of his mind to even put them in a position to win that division those rumors were true of last year though too and they and they just all they did was win yeah well that's connor hellebuck who should have won the who should have won the heart by the way Uh, absolutely very stupid he didn't but i just don't know if he can do it again and yeah and the canucks are a team that also on the on the on the merit of good goaltending even though they were kind of getting caved in in the shot share from night to night but i could see some regression from the canucks and the jets so you know i think it would put them probably as my two you know, even the senators, you know, they this and obviously, you know, listen, I don't really know what to make the senators. They I don't even know if they finish last in that division. I think I kind of like I what they're they starting do. to do there. You know, they bring in some, you know, some uh, some leaders. You have dad and off. You have Stepan, who I think will be good for those kids. Um, you know, Tim Stutzla is going to is going to play. So who knows? He looks pretty ready. So it's uh, I don't I listen. I don't know. if I don't think they make the playoffs, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't, you know, a lot of people have them picked pegged dead last. I don't know. I don't really know about that. I could see them finishing like second or third from the bottom. But yeah, if I had to put money on it, uh, the Oilers, the Canadians, the Leafs, and the Flames are my four teams out of that division. But again, the Oilers goaltending, uh, what is it? It's, uh, Mike's, they're going again with Smith and uh, uh, Koskin, excuse me. Jesus. Yep. Yeah, I just they weren't good last year, and I, nothing has told me that they will be good next this year. And again, it's going to come down to like, can they outscore their problems? And it helps. But yeah, I mean, you know, you have McDavid, you have Drysdale, so you obviously have a chance. And they've played well at times, but you know, same old, same old Oilers. It's just never it hasn't been enough in the last uh, two decades. So, um, since I guess since Chris Pronger left, but yeah, those are my top four for that division. Uh, the Leafs should should win this division but and if they don't expect like a state of emergency from you know the toronto media about what what's wrong and you know yeah looking at this division i think it belongs to the maple leafs and oilers i think those two those two teams will be battling it out i think mcdavid drysidal duo i think this division pans out best for them only because of the teams that they're playing uh you know they're just so they're such an they're such elite talent that they can really just take over knowing the matchups knowing the teams that they're going against every night uh i just see you know i really do think that th- those two players could will this team to a first the first place finish and only just because of the way the maple leafs are i can see them playing themselves out of that first place spot but i think those two teams are going to be battling for one and two um Third place team and third and third and fourth. I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I'm not counting the senators out. I I told you this about probably a month ago that I can see the senators making the playoffs. And I still have that feeling. They got a a lot of young talent this season. I think will bode well for them only because of the way it's set up. I don't believe in the flames. Canadians are penciling themselves into a Stanley Cup final. And I don't believe in that. Uh, and then you got the Jets and the Canucks, where I think they're go- those two teams. You're right, man. They really are going to take a step back. So I'm gonna. This is going to be a hot, hot take, but I'm going to say Maple Leafs one, 
Oilers 2, Flames 3, Senators 4. Canadians the first team out. You got Canucks and Jets only because, I, I don't know, I feel like the Jets are going to be sellers at some point in the season to try to build some access. Yeah, line A might be on his way out. Right, exactly. Yeah. So um, that's that's my four. I have centers in that fourth spot. So well, sends our podcast. Shane and his co-host will be happy to hear that. Yeah, no, without a doubt. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what the the league is shaping out to be. I mean, we, we spoke about the East Division last podcast. So if you're curious where we have that standings, um, you can listen to that one. But Man, I, I'm just so excited for hockey to be back and just, you know, looking at some of the matchups that we're going to see all season long around the league. I'm super excited. Uh, and uh, I guess we can get into the Rangers are going to start off against the New York Islanders. Andy, what what can we expect, do you think, from from drawing the Islanders first? Does that, you know, bode well for us? You know, is that going to be a real test for us? You know, what what do we got here? Yeah, I mean, listen, it'll definitely be a test because on paper, the offensive, the Rangers are a potent offensive team and the Islanders are a defensive team. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of those things is that the Rangers, unfortunately, you have more now you, you're mixing, you're, you're changing up your lines again. You, you know, your, uh, your top line hasn't had too much practice time together, although in fairness, Barzell just joined Islanders camp after getting his contract uh, sort, you know, his bridge deal sorted out with uh, Lamorello. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to come down to who can play the least sloppy in this opener, you know, because the Rangers can erupt for goals, but at the same time, you know, I, they're not as well coached as the Islanders are. Uh, David Quinn is not Barry Trotz. And uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things where it could be just the Islanders could light you up on the counterattack. And the Rangers can just try to, you know, especially if they're pushing for try to create offense, you know, you're a lot of guys who it's one thing to do it in practice and another to be like, where am I supposed to be within a high pressure situation? You know, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what's coming. Listen, I think it's it's one of those things where it's either the range. I think either the Rangers win uh, either the Rangers win four, four or five to two, or I think the Islanders win, uh, you know, probably even with a shutout like two to nothing i could see that too so um yeah sorry what what were you say no i you know i think uh i think the islanders are going to be a really good test because i you're going to see the rangers really struggle in the offensive zone uh neutral zone uh you know i don't know what kind of threat the islanders will be offensively but i think that's a good way to start you know especially for k andre to kind of see what it's like uh against one of the most structured teams you know in our division uh i think you know the rangers you're going to look look at them to defend from the inside out let the islanders have the outside you know let them shoot from the perimeter you know don't give them anything in the guts in the middle of our own zone especially and don't let them you know make the transition in the neutral zone be as tough as possible you know clog up the middle make them you know get to the boards and get to the red line and dump it in and make them work as hard as they possibly can because i i truly don't believe in in the islanders uh, you know, they're going to be structured, but you, if you play that team right and you don't, you know, and you don't just cough the puck over because they force you to, 
man, I, I really do think, you know, the Rangers could, you know, get off to a hot start. And I, I think it'll be a good experience for our younger players to see one of the more structured teams. Probably they're going to be one of the more disciplined teams. And, you know, you're going to have to be physical. You're going to have to have to work your way out of that trap. I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of system they're going to be uh, playing right off, uh, you know, right off the bat. But, uh, you know, again, I think it's a good team to start against because a lot of our younger players are going to see, you know, what, you know, tier one coaching is all about in the NHL. Yeah. And I think that was a good point by you. You have to keep them to the outside. You can't play into the, the counterattack because if they stand you up as you're trying to blow by them and all of a sudden you're, you, you know, the you you hit the line with speed and you're deep in the zone and you left the puck behind and they can they're good at coming back with numbers and creating two on ones and you know like I said they they really can burn teams on that counter attack uh you know specifically last year whether it was uh um Eberle or uh Brock Nelson you know two guys that who are who have yeah they're not maybe the most offensively dangerous guys but they can put the puck in the net um I do wonder if, listen, Barzell is an amazing talent and I think he can take another, he's got more steps to take. He, people forget he's still a young guy. Um, you know, he's, and he's one of the best skaters in the national hockey league, but he's not really playing in a way that maximizes his strengths. But I think at the same time, or playing a system, I should say that maximizes his strengths. But at the same time, if he, something, you know, he's got the familiarity now and if something clicks and he realizes how to like create his lanes to the net, then, uh, yeah, the Islanders would be a dangerous team, you know, but again, at the same time, they are yet another year older. And that's just, you know, you've seen they, they, the Derek Brassard experiment is over with them. They brought him in. He's a guy who, you know, has fallen, his game has fallen off quite a bit. And then you look at some similar guys they have on their team, you know, listen, like, uh, uh, Anders Lee has got, after getting the captaincy, like in his last few seasons, his, he's kind of fallen off a bit, you know, um, same thing with Eberle. He's a streaky guy. He's hot and cold. Uh, you know, who's putting the puck in the net for that team? You know, the listen, it, I, like the Rangers have, if they're going to win the season, it's going to be not going to be on defense. You, you want it to get better if you're a Rangers fan, but that's not how it's going to go. It's going to be, you know, you're hoping your defensemen are helping with the scoring, you know, like Tony is putting up points and Fox is playing more minutes and you just hope, you know, Keandre and Truba are steady and can uh, snuff things out in traffic as guys try to get around them, you know. But uh, they they support the puck well and they back each other up and they have that floating uh, that floating triangle all throughout the rink. So you, yeah, you just have to make sure you don't get caught on the wrong side of it and you always have you're supporting your your teammates. So yeah, it's, I think it's really going to behoove. It's going to go on fall on the younger guys to make sure they're really attentive to the the details like Lafreniere, Kako, these are guys who maybe have, you know, even last year, Kako, you didn't have to worry about defense too much. Well, it's getting to the point where you're going to start. If you want to eventually become a premier player in this league, you have to at least, you know, realize the finer detail of defending without the puck. Lafreniere is pretty good. He's a, you know, he's, he's good at hounding down pucks. So he just has to keep that mentality up. Heedle has to continue to grow in those areas. And even, yeah, a guy like Julian Gauthier, who, we 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 don't really know if you're going to be playing third line minutes. You have to at least uh, have some awareness to your game defensively. So we'll see because they that's you know they that could be a nightmare matchup for some teams because you're playing Lafreniere on your third line. But at the same time, it can be exploited defensively. They can make a lot of mistakes because they're a young line. Yeah, you know we're going to live and die by the youth. 
And uh, it's going to, you know, our more veteran players are really going to have to step up, especially early on in the season as, you know, the young young guns, you know, kind of get adjusted. You know, I know Kako was here last year, but I do think, you know, him playing more of a role on this team is still going to cause for an adjustment, uh, you know, playing with, um, you know, <laughs> playing with Panarin is not going to be easy. You know, he's going to have he, knowing him and knowing how that kid is, he's going to put a lot of pressure on him if that line doesn't have immediate success. So, you know, you know, again, it's just going to be one of those things where the Rangers can play themselves up to the top of the standings, but they can also be a bottom feeder team if, uh, you know, (laughs) if things don't, you know, bode well for them, because again, this team cannot be one line scoring all the goals. It cannot be one player on the second line producing all the points. We cannot rely on our power play to bail us out every single game. And, you know, we're going to have to play a more structured game in the D zone if we're going to have any chance of sniffing the playoffs. And I do believe that we will. So, uh, you know, I know that I, I sound very concerned, but I do believe in this team. And I believe that they're going to take a step in the right direction because you saw it. You saw it at the tail end of last year. You, you know, you saw our leader step up. You saw the team play a better, you know, hockey game, a more structured game. So, again, uh you know, I'm just, I'm just excited for it to start. And, you know, I, I don't really have anything else to say, Andy. I feel like we've almost uh, drained this battery out of, uh, you know, speculation and anticipation. So, you know, any final words kind of before we wrap things up? Uh, yeah. As, as you're uh, speaking, I, you know, on my Twitter feed, it, uh, the Rangers post a video of Lafreniere absolutely burying Hike in the corner. Which A shows me Hayek has still learned not how to stay on his feet, hence why he probably didn't make the team. And B that Lafreniere is, you know, a nineteen year old and is already just full on bodying people in the corner. I am so excited. Like you said, enough with the speculation. Enough with the maybe this guy can play here, maybe this guy makes the the roster, maybe this guy gets paired with this guy. Enough of it. It's over. Let's just drop the puck. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.